I'm Dr. Sky, and welcome to the Dr. Sky Podcast, heard exclusively here at KTAR News 92.3 FM, the home of the great Dr. Sky show for well over a decade. You can listen to the Dr. Sky show, our long-form show, Saturday mornings, 3 a.m. on purpose, here on 92.3 KTAR News. Sit back and relax as we continue to talk about the great realms of astronomy, space, aviation, and weather, and so much more as we welcome you and yours to the Dr. Sky episode number 106, talking about things in this particular episode that mostly you can see in our beautiful Arizona skies. So as we now move to the nearly last week of October 2022, how fast time seems to fly as we officially are now, well, deep into the autumn, fall season. 2022. So here's what you can see within the sound of my voice as we continue with Earth's nearest neighbor, the moon. We found out that the moon was at its last quarter phase on the 17th, and during this particular week, the moon will continue to be a waning crescent moon, rising in the pre-dawn sky and high up in your sky if you look for it with clear skies just around sunrise. And of course, we tell you that sunrise is getting later and later, even as late now as around 6.30 a.m. in the morning and continuing to race on to its latter time. Did you know that the latest time that the sun rises here in Arizona, or at least in the Phoenix area, America's fifth largest city, is around 7.32 a.m.? And go figure, there's people around the country that want to see daylight saving time remain permanent. Apparently, the Senate has passed a bill to make daylight saving time permanent. California has voted this in, but don't get scared because nothing is changing as of now reason I mention all that is there's a lot of interesting things to see this week as you look into our beautiful Arizona skies, no matter where you're listening to us. And again, a special thank you to all those that are listening to us out and away from the great state of Arizona. The moon then continues to move on to its new phase. We call it the dark of the moon by the 25th. This, in Dr. Sky's opinion, the best time of the month to view faint celestial objects with binoculars and telescopes. And one of the best ones we've had it here at our KTAR blog, as you go to KTAR.com, search the menu section for Dr. Sky, you'll find our blog there. We've talked about M31, the Andromeda Galaxy. What a great time to look for it, as it's well-positioned in our skies in the early evening. You don't have to stay up you know, early in the morning to see it. Just get out the star chart, go to our website, our blog, KTAR.com, the Dr. Sky blog. And at the very bottom, you'll be able to download your very own star chart. If you're the kind of person that likes to have something in your hand, like a star chart, that, of course, is a free service that we provide. But again, as we talk about the moon moving on to its new phase, lots of interesting things to see. We find out as we talk about planets, majority of the major planets are still in the evening sky. We find out that Venus transitioned into its superior conjunction, and that, of course, means that the planet Venus will move from the morning sky as it will move into the evening sky. That takes place officially on October the 22nd. And by the end of the year, during the holidays, Christmas and New Year, that beautiful planet Venus, the goddess of love and beauty, should be easy to see just in the south-southwest after sunset. But looming high up into the sky as the sun sets, looking in the south, the planet Saturn continues to be relatively bright, easy to see with the naked eye. We find out at this particular time with this podcast... The original ringed world, the planet Saturn, is 874 million miles away from the Earth. It takes light. If you could jump on a light beam, 78 minutes to get from here to Saturn. 
That's incredible. And if you're a more advanced observer in the telescope, Saturn has a diameter of just a little shy of 17 seconds of arc. Why do I say that? Because it's rather interesting to see, even with small to moderate telescopes, the ring system. And probably one of the easiest of the Saturnian satellites to see, the satellite Titan, which is the largest satellite in the solar system, which has its own unique atmosphere. Interesting. The dominant planet in the evening, I keep repeating myself for good reason, is Jupiter, the god of the gods, Zeus. Easy to see. Look to the east at sunset. Many of your neighbors and friends may be wondering, what the heck is that bright light that just stands there in the sky, at least that it seems like? Jupiter, 374 million miles away from your eye, its magnitude or brilliance is minus 2.9, meaning other than Venus, the moon, and the sun, it right now is the brightest object in the sky. If you jumped on a light beam, traveling, of course, at the speed of light, it would take you 33 minutes just to get to Jupiter, and it's about 374 million miles away from your eye. Need help in locating those basic four satellites, the Galilean ones, Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto? Go to Shallow Sky Jupiter. You'll be able to just plug that into your search engine, and it will show you the configuration of what those moons look like, where they are, what eclipses are going to take place with the moons, and what transits. And nothing's more phenomenal than seeing Jupiter with a diameter of some 47 seconds of arc on the telescope, pretty large and pretty bright, seeing maybe one of the shadows cross the disk of Jupiter, and you see the satellite follow. That's pretty impressive. But don't despair, here comes the best, at least as far as late in the evening. The god of war, the planet Mars, rises in the northeast just a little bit after, ooh, about 9.30. I've been seeing it. Yes, it's beautiful. It's 64 million miles away from us, nearly minus one in magnitude, meaning it's getting brighter. And the object itself, the planet Mars, who jumped on that light beam, would take a little over five minutes. So Mars is closing in on the Earth, 64 million miles away now. And in the telescope, for the serious observer, 14 seconds of arc. This makes the planet Mars, well, large enough to have detailed seen with a moderate to large telescope. I view it often, so can you. The planet is only some 90% illuminated because when it reaches opposition, that is in December, the full disk of the Martian planet will be visible. But I wanted to highlight a big event this week for those of you that want to see meteor showers. This is the week for the Orionid meteor shower. Now, what I'm going to suggest is, hopefully with clear skies, how about that late monsoon storm that we seem to have had over this past weekend? Well, hopefully you and your family are safe. That was pretty treacherous for all of Arizona, though we need the rain. Why do I mention that? We're hoping for clear skies for the Orionid meteor shower. Look due east right around 11 p.m. The constellation of Orion the Hunter will be rising shortly thereafter, and the left upper star in Orion is called Betelgeuse, the star with the funny name. That's the region where the meteors are coming from. The morning hours of the 20th and the 21st are probably my best guess of how you can see these objects. This will be quite interesting. Patience is what we need with meteor showers and clear skies. So if you want to see any of these, or try to, they're all debris from the most famous of all comets, at least we talk about, is Halley's Comet. So if you don't get to see Halley's Comet, well, it only arrived till 2061, as we've said before. And if you missed it in 1986, well, we'll settle for a little debris, the crumbs of the comet, as we like to call it. In other space news, let's talk about this. The Lucy spacecraft made another flyby of the Earth. 
this past weekend. Unfortunately, we didn't have all the ephemeris and information at the time of this particular event with this podcast. But the Lucy spacecraft is actually able to be seen with the visual naked eye over parts of Australia as it slingshots using a gravity assist moving up past the Earth and on to Jupiter. It's going to be looking at some of the Trojan satellites or Trojan asteroids that sit left and right of Jupiter. More to say about that in future Dr. Sky podcasts. And finally, we talk about this. Dennis Tito was the first civilian to go to space. He went up to the International Space Station back in 2001, and now he's going to go on the moon mission, the orbital mission, he and his wife that hopefully Elon Musk will have with the SpaceX Starship a couple of years from now. That's an interesting story. And actor Tom Cruise of Top Gun Maverick. If you haven't seen the movie, it's great. I know friends have seen it many, many times for the special effects. And yes, Tom Cruise is planning through his production company. And of course, the movie studios are saying that hopefully he'll be able to shoot a movie in space. I don't know what type of movie this will be yet, but it'll be action-packed. And of course, Mission Impossible comes to mind. He may be the first civilian to walk in space. And that is interesting because we've had 253 people, meaning astronauts and cosmonauts, that have made these journeys in the past called spacewalks. And if you do a spacewalk, just remember this. According to NASA, for every hour you do a spacewalk, you need at least seven hours under your belt of being in the pool called the buoyancy tank. So you have to really understand how weightlessness is by going underwater in a spacesuit. That itself is not for everyone. And let's not forget, the very first spacewalk was back, oh, about 1965, when we found out that a Russian cosmonaut actually was the first to do this type of spacewalk, Alexei Leonov, and it was followed shortly thereafter by American astronaut, a gentleman, of course, who perished in the Apollo 1 fire. That, of course, goes into the history books as we talk about this very interesting time in space. Walking in space is not an easy thing. His name was Ed White. He perished back on January 27, 1967, with the other two American astronauts, Gus Grissom, uh, Chaffee, and White. These are the three astronauts that perished. To learn so much more about the events of Dr. Sky, email us with any questions that you might have. And always remember, Dr. Sky reminds you to always keep your eyes to the skies. Our events out and about where we get to meet you are places like the high desert of Arizona. We go twice a month to the beautiful The Wild Resort in Sedona, that is in West Sedona, thewildresort.com. It's a good website. And we'll be there again on the evening of Wednesday, October the 26th at sunset at a place in the back called The Wild to view the nighttime sky with lasers, binoculars, and telescopes, and so much more. And finally, join us on the Dr. Sky Cruise to the Cosmos, a special Halloween edition. You can cruise with us two and a half hours on the beautiful Canyon Lake. On Saturday, October the 29th, sailing dockside, 5 p.m., bring your friends and neighbors a great cruise, great meal by Let's Celebrate Catering. And, of course, you get me to show you some of the beautiful things in the sky. Make a reservation. That's simple, too. Area code 480-827-9144, 480-827-9144, or make reservations on the web at dollysteamboat.com. I'm Dr. Sky, clear skies and health and happiness. I'm your navigator on the highway to the heavens. Always remember to keep your eyes to the skies. See you next week. <laughs>